0: You're listening to the Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am.
1: Morning, Perth. Welcome to another episode of the Perth Property Show. It's suburb spotlight time now, guys. It's been a little while since we've featured the Western suburbs, but I thought it was really important to hit one of our most prolific and affluent suburbs in Perth because that is where the market is hottest right now. You think about suburbs like Cottesloe, Peppermint Grove, Claremont, Nedlands, Shenton Park, they are booming right now, and so is the small, private, but very interesting and history-filled suburb of Dalkeith. It's taken me a while to find the right person to talk about Dalkeith because it is such a unique uh, suburb and it requires someone with an understanding of the history of the area, but also a very current understanding of the buyers and sellers. And for that, I have Ray White's very own Tonya McNeely to come in and explore the suburb over the next 20-25 minutes. Tonya, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Let's start off, as we always do, with a little bit of history of Dalkeith, taking us back to the earlier days when it was less of an affluent place. It was more a peninsular suburb that took a little bit of a ride into the city when the tram was still running down Broadway. Can you give us a little bit of background into what life was like back then and who was living there? What was the point?
0: where I live in Del Keith is right near Mason's Gardens, which was actually a rubbish tip for twenty years. It was the rubbish tip. And the majority of people that lived in Del Keith back then were all farmers. I have met some of the first residents of Del Keith and they they recall horses being, you know, drawn with carriages, dropping off milk, etcetera. So it was very much a farming community. And then sort of in that sort of sixties time, our most beautiful well regarded the most expensive land around Mason's Gardens was a a full blown rubbish tip (laughs) isn't that funny so it's changed yeah it's changed a lot
1: (laughs) it's sort of like the story of Peppermint Grove isn't it how it used to be mainly just full of commercial car yards and those sort of things and that demonstrates to people I think that nothing stays the same Uh, You know, you look back into history and uh, these suburbs were not the most sought after places to be. And as our culture shifts based on technology and accessibility, uh, how we want to be in the beach more or the river more, uh, people shift slowly towards these places. Very controversial. Why is it controversial?
0: Because you said nothing Nothing stays the same. That's right. And Delkeith and Nedlands are going through some major transformations right now. There you go. Explain is...
1: to us how what's going on and how the local council feels about it. Um, local people, I the should say. The local
0: people. So Delkeith and Nedlands currently are going through urbanisation, for want of a better word, um, thanks to the implementation of LPS3 from the state government, the Labor government. It's a two-fold issue. The Nedlands Council, of which most of the councils still remain, a few of them are now no longer there, refused to negotiate with the state government with regards to updating its town planning scheme, which had been in place for over 25 years. So that gives you a pretty good insight into how people in Nedlands and Dale Keith don't want change. Because of the failure to negotiate and to come up with any compromise whatsoever on a town planning scheme which was developed for urbanisation, for density infill, for targets. We're now dealing with a town planning scheme that has been given to us by the state government with no consultation or negotiations at all. So we now are going through a rapid Change which is dividing the community. We have some developments being done that are being done tastefully and in keeping with the suburb.
1: Do you have an example of one?
0: There's a couple in Delkeith that have been done recently just off Waratah Avenue where they've done four beautiful. Are
1: you talking about the Genesta development? I am,
0: yeah. I didn't know if you a bit want of a to, French provincial. To mention any development no, no, in it's, particular. It's a, it's a, it's a good um,
1: example of yeah, I think, four, being sites, in keeping with. Four yeah.
0: sites on the block targeting local people. People that are wanting to downsize and stay in the area or targeting, you know, younger families that that can't afford the traditional Del Keith home but would like to get in the suburb because of the proximity to school.
1: So you think that one was done well and a good idea, good location? Yeah,
0: perfect. Didn't raise any eyebrows community's happy with it. It's not overshadowing, it's not overbearing, it's a two-storey development of which there are four properties. There's a number of them happening around Nedlands on corner blocks. Some of the developers are being very sympathetic to the streetscape. The first one that ever was done was just on Princess Road where they where they subdivided a corner block into three green title blocks. Again, green title, not survey strata, etc. And they've built three absolutely stunning properties on that home on what was considered to be probably the least desirable location in nedlands being on a very busy road mm. now that the properties are, are built and the built forms up there it actually looks like it's been there forever looks fantastic right then conversely we have on small residential streets we have apartment complexes of 20 to 30 apartments being built which are completely out of place and are ruining the context of the street. They are all happening around that Stirling Highway corridor on blocks that have been rezoned to R160, but the infrastructure and and the facilities surrounding it don't support those developments.
1: I would agree that especially Stirling Highway doesn't support, uh, which is a problem, Stirling Highway needs to be, it's hard to understand how it could be, but it does need to be upgraded to support more people because it's going to happen obviously things are being approved and there needs to be change you already see at 5 p.m uh you can't drive down down mounts bay road you can't well you can get down mount's bay
0: road but you can't actually get to your home so uh, one of the major frustrations that i've found in my dealings with the council as well is that all of these developments get approved without any consultation with main roads so main roads have not been involved in any discussions around Mm. any of the of the because they're not on happening. a main
1: road, even though they will affect the main they road. They will
0: affect the main road, but technically not. So if you are trying to drive down Stirling Highway to get to any of the private schools at 7am 7, 7 to 9am, forget it. And conversely, Claremont's a perfect example, forget driving through Claremont from 3pm onwards.
1: So, what it's going to lead to is a rat race situation yeah, so going look, through. look, and that is one of the main reasons Jenkins people want Del
0: Keith. Because Del Keith, if you're living in Del Keith, you can cut down through Vic Avenue and get your kids to private schools and without ever having to look. Stirling Highway. And
1: no one's driving through Del Keith unless you live in Del Keith. Correct, yes. So it's not and a it's not a thoroughfare. It's
0: not a thoroughfare. You can also cut round the back of Del Keith and through the university and get into the city within a five minute window. And again, you don't have to go down Stirling Highway whatsoever. So that has always been one of the main reasons that Del Keith has being the suburb that it is, is because executives and people that are either at school or working know that they've got they can shortcut, never go down Stirling Highway.
1: Yeah, it's a private peninsula, really. It is. Yeah, it's out the way. So in the same way that Peppermint Grove is, no one would drive through there.
0: But you still got to get out of Peppermint Grove. And that's you still true. got to get onto Stirling Highway, and that's Otherwise, why I, you, you're locked in. And that's <laughs> why
1: I prefer uh, Nedlands and Dale keith because there isn't the 15 20 minutes stuck on stelling highway to get in the city if you were city facing for work
0: oh uh, uh, half an hour yeah half Good an ball, hour there you go even half more half an hour yeah wow um so yeah that sort of river that river end of nedlands claremont and delkeith where we can or cut through is definitely lawyers doctors going to the hospitals, all of those professional people it's what they're looking for
1: who are your buyers And who are your sellers? How would you characterize them these days?
0: Oh, look, you know what? They haven't really changed, to be perfectly honest. Our buyers are 80% young families. When I say young families, because you don't know how young or old anyone is anymore, 40-year-olds with... Two they're three probably children. not first home buyers, are they? They are not first no. home buyers. They are second or third home buyers. Absolutely, that is eighty percent of the buyers in Nedlands and Delkey are families. Doesn't matter where they're from—China, China, Perth, Sydney, Melbourne—they're all the same. They're they're young families that are wanting to get into a suburb
1: for school. Who are your sellers?
0: Opportunistic sellers that have done developments, builders that have built beautiful homes that are selling them, and then every now and again, it's a an older family that are finally relinquishing their quarter acre block of which is pretty much land value and moving into smaller living environments, which has been a problem in Delkeith. Because these older people who look at their gardens and their swimming pools and their older ca- Californian bungalow homes, which most of them are, 1940s, they are asset rich and, and cash flow poor. So they can't maintain the homes, but they've got nowhere to go. Yeah. There's, there's been no, no redevelopment for them.
1: So explain to me, Tonya, what I hear from you is a concerned resident who understands the area but is also very aware that there needs to be downsizer opportunities. So, oh, you, you, what I hear from you is someone who agrees there needs to be a rezoning of some areas, but you're suggesting there hasn't been enough consideration as to how and where.
0: Oh, absolutely. There needs to be redevelopment in Nedlands and Keith. People want to stay in the suburb that they've lived in. They want the same doctor. They've got neighbours. They've got a support system. And up until now, there's been nowhere for them to go to a... You know, we don't have 300 square metre blocks until in the last 18 months. So there's been nowhere for them to go into a single level home or even a a small home with a lift, maybe on a 300 square metre block. There's been nothing. So a lot of older people have been living in... In appalling conditions. I mean, you're you're looking in Del Keith and some of these homes are like two and a half million dollars that I've gone into, and I've gone into bedrooms where there are older people and they're termite infested, and they, they really should be condemned. And it has been it's it's horrific sometimes that you think in the middle of Delkey, in the
1: middle of one of the most affluent suburbs there are the most expensive beautiful homes but also homes that living, you wouldn't live in
0: oh my but there are people living like that yeah. with no support whatsoever so finally yes it's great that we're getting that diverse product coming through now it is unfortunate that there hasn't been any due process in the planning or consideration for how they've implemented LPS3 because there are some rezoning areas that are ju- that y- you can't wrap your head around what they were thinking. Alexander Road off Waratah, a beautiful tiny little street, and they've got some, I'd say, four million two-storey homes on that street. They are all on 500 square metres. It was one of the very first streets in Delkeith that was subdivided. So everyone cut their blocks in half. So the quarter acre went to 500 and they all built beautiful homes on there. And the LPS3 scheme that came through has allowed one block on that street to be uh, an R, an, I think it's an R160 one and have 18 apartments next to a two-story home. Mm-hmm. How, how the hell does that happen?
1: Uh, what I've noticed with Dalkeith and Nedlands in that zoning space is that most of the rezoning is happening Uh, north of Jenkins Road in Netherlands and along Waratah and Dalkeith. But really, there's not that much opportunity in Dalkeith for Dalkeith residents to move into something unless you're going to be on Waratah Road. Would you suggest there could have been some more uh, missing middle r30 r25 stuff around cersei circle or where would it be
0: corner blocks they should have you know they should have given people on corner blocks where you can have that separate street entrance so that again the suburbs in keeping you're not devaluing the existing property next to you you're not you know impacting the neighbor behind you but you can cut your corner block into two none of that's been addressed
1: and that's because one thing we haven't mentioned, and which is quite rare in Western Australia, is that Dalkeith mostly and historically is an R10 suburb. Which is even at a corner block level, with our corner block bonuses that we have around the rest of the state, even at, R- at R10, you still can't do a corner block split Absolutely on not. 1,100 square meters, which is nuts. 1,200 to think. square meters, yeah, you can't chop exactly. So block up. if all we had to do was change the corners to have a and the, the corner blocks are R20, mm. and then the amount of Correct. Because there are a lot of corners in Dalkeith. Mm. The amount of property that would come up in that middle space would uh, would really help. Oh,
0: and it would help feed through. It would allow the residents to move because the other problem now is that our lps trees allowed us to build, and I, and I will say, I'll go on the record, they're, they're like slums along Broadway. They're one-bedroom, two-bedroom apartments along Broadway, which are all, um, the built form is appalling. And residents don't want to buy that. They don't want to live there. They want to live on on a, on a an R20, R30 zone block. They don't want to go and live in an apartment in Broadway.
1: Do you think that they're not pegged towards students along Broadway? Oh,
0: absolutely they are. Yeah, They're pegged towards students, of which, of course, there are no students at the moment at UWA.
1: Very true. Would you think that someone from Dalkeith would move to Broadway for the right product, though?
0: I think they'd be happier to move to quieter streets for the right product.
1: Yeah. Where would those quieter streets be? Would it be a Collins Street? Uh, Is somewhere like Viking Road off limits for subdivision in the suburb?
0: From sitting with my real estate hat on and as a resident, yeah, I think it should be off limits, to be Mm. perfectly honest. I don't think we need that sort of density in the middle. And I think that anyone downsizing or wanting that sort of lifestyle does actually want to be near public transport. Mm. Um, Most of them are looking for a walkability product. They want to be able to walk to the shops, the coffee shop and get on a bus. We have no public transport in Delkeith. Why do you think that is? We have one bus that drives down Beechless Road. Mm. So, if you try to pretend that you can do an apartment complex in the middle of Del Keith and people can jump on a bus, you can't. You've got to walk to Waratah um, to get on a bus. You know, where the closest train station is Claremont. So, you're going to have to drive your car regardless. So, Broadway and Stirling Highway suits. You know, people that potentially don't have cars and want that public transport, but that's not necessarily people that have been living in Delhi.
1: No, exactly They're right. New
0: people coming into the suburb.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a conundrum, I think, uh, for everyone. And as you uh, foreshadowed at the start of this conversation, um, it would have probably been nicer if everyone could have worked together on this yes. to be able to find an outcome that suited. Not only everybody. the state, but also the local people.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep.
1: Let's talk about price points. Now, it's a tough one for you to answer, I think, because although we have a fairly homogenous product of mainly quarter acre or 1,100 square blocks in Dalkeith in the most part, there's a big difference in values between which street you're on and how new that house is. Is that correct?
0: Oh, values are crazy. So when I'm trying to explain it to somebody that's never bought or lived in Delkeith and they're new to the market, I explain it like a, a ring road. Your Birdwood, your Jutland and your Victoria Avenue are your obviously your prime location, their Riverfront. And then you come in and you keep coming in until you really get to the apex or the middle of Delkeith, which is that Circe Circle at Delmar Waratah. So if you're coming in from the core of the apple and you're going out, your values, paper napkin rough, your values increase as you go from the centre of Dalkeith to the ring roads of the river. That's a very simplistic way of it. I think it's a perfect way to explain it. Can
1: you give me some upper and lower bounds? How what price would you pay on Waratah? And then what would you pay yeah, on so Searcy? So a block then... on
0: Waratah that hasn't been rezoned would probably be today be around $1.8 for the for the land. And then you go into Searcy Circle. And again, Searcy Circle, if you're not near the primary school and you're on the other side, the east side, you're probably paying 2 3 Then if you get to Hobbs Avenue or Brown, which is getting close to the ring roads of the river, you're up to your 2 six fifties. And then obviously once you hit Birdwood, Victoria Avenue, etc., your land price literally
1: doubles. Could be anything. right and then on top of that you have to pay for the house so what you're referencing right now is a land value property right yeah so and that's the hard thing for i think buyers to ascertain is in contrast to many suburbs where the house might be a two three four hundred thousand dollar house on top of that property it's fairly uh, homogenous not much of a change in values there in dalkeith that house could be a Seven hundred thousand dollar house. It could be a four million dollar house in terms well, of the it, build cost, right? Yeah, but
0: it's all relative, like the old saying of if your block costs five hundred grand, your house should be five hundred grand. Which That's was not the, the old, case in some no, places in Del no, right? No, exactly, it's not. But that was the old rule of thumb that people grew up with. In Delkeith, if it's an original character home, obviously, you know, there's no value to those homes. It's a hundred grand or whatever. But there is significant value to those old character homes if they're livable, because a lot of our buyers are land banking so if you can get a quite livable character home that's probably on paper only worth a hundred grand because it was built in the 1940s and it's got you know two tiny bathrooms and, and four little bedrooms It's fully
1: depreciated it's
0: completely cost nothing you could get 1200 a week rent on that
1: and that's your land that's so, your land so that back. home
0: is actually worth something
1: let's talk about how much it can get though tell us about some of the prices you can pay on jutland and victoria uh, for someone who may not be aware let's get their jaw to hit the ground
0: oh well look there's a block at the moment on jutland parade that i think will go for 17 million it's a two thousand plus square meter block you can subdivide it it's on a cliff so the engineering work is going to be astronomical but you know most of the sales along jutland of significant homes on 800 to a thousand square meters of land sit at around the 12 million mark
1: that's pretty insane for a lot of people to, to think about, yeah, isn't look, it? Yeah,
0: look, I sold a block on Iris Avenue, which no one knows of Iris Avenue, but it's a continuation of Jutland Parade. It goes right down to the river. It's part of the old man's home on Sunset. If you know that the yes. Sunset development, that's has been sitting there empty for 30 years. That's another story. The government carved off a bit of land at the bottom of that and the Sultan of Japar bought that from me for $8.5 and, and that was land only.
1: And that's an interesting story. Let's talk about that. The reason that the government, that Mr. Barnett, I think it was, sold that it was, yeah, it was, was to redevelop the sunset. Exactly, was essentially to use the money that he got from the Sultan, put that in, in a trust, in a term deposit, and then the interest would pay for the upkeep of sunset. Is they that wanted, correct? At
0: that stage, they wanted to redevelop sunset into a cultural and arts precinct, you know, art installations, artists in residence, have a cafe there, have a, a playground. Sort of
1: like Blue Water Grill in Applecross. Correct, absolutely,
0: yep. yep. And then also refurbish, because the building there is heritage listed, refurbish all of those buildings to be used for some form of a a business of which one so twiggy forest refurbished one of them and he had his mindaroo foundation in there for about uh, five or six years that building is now housed by a los angeles film studio so again no one would know about that and they are producing um, netflix television shows out of there and it's extremely well refurbished but then around it is complete and utter decay
1: why do you think Nothing has actually happened. I think that is the stain on, on what is one of Perth's most beautiful suburbs.
0: It's, it's riverfront land yeah. sitting
1: there, empty. What will you do with it?
0: I have no idea what I'd want to do with it. would probably cause too much controversy. <laughs> um, oh, look, I don't know, but it's something that has been addressed for, in the 15 years of my real estate. It's been addressed constantly and no, no government seems to be able to um, make a plan for that, for that area.
1: Sell me Del Keith if you can give me a couple minutes spiel in terms of the local amenities regarding the local primary schools, yep. the local sports clubs, oh, Del- oh, yeah, right? And easy. and essentially sell it to sell it to a Sydney person who's never been to Perth before. Well,
0: I don't even have to because most Sydney people want to come to Del Keith. You come to Del Keith, you know, despite the fact that we've got. 12 to $15 million homes in Delkeith. The people that live in Del Keith are, are are really normal people. So we don't have a lot of fenced off properties. Everyone has an, an open sort of front garden. So therefore, when you're driving around Keith, the streetscape is big front lawns and, and driveways and trampolines on the front garden and kids riding their bikes down the street. It isn't a, a gated community that you actually can see maybe in Applecross or Peppermint Grove. Del Keith isn't like that. it is very very open the local Delkeith primary school has been voted the best primary school state run primary school year after year after year and has a huge parental association there and a, a really big community most of the kids then do go to Christchurch or MLC for their senior school, the local Delkeith football club, just everything, it is really really community orientated in Delkeith alone I think there's four or five open parks, so even even sitting on your quarter-acre block with your massive back garden, you know, you go to Point Resolution, you can go to Mason's Gardens, you can go down to Mel Vista Oval, you can go to College Park. There's thousands of parks, all of them used by sporting places. So, you know, we've got the the senior football happening at Point Resolution, you've got the junior Kick happening down at Mel Vista, you've got soccer down at Mason's Garden. I mean, it's it's families everywhere. So if you were coming from... Sydney or, or, or the UK or wherever you're coming from, and you've got children and you want to live in a family-friendly environment, Del- Del Keith's a no-brainer.
1: I love it. That's why you're top of the Delkeith, mate, because you know you suburb and you know how to oh, sell it. Well, that's the point, right?
0: It's easy. It's not hard to sell something that's, you know. Sells pretty, itself. <laughs> <that's pretty> perfect. <laughs> it uh, is, right? It's a great know? place.
1: Yeah. Last question. It's a tough one. Uh, and I'll put you on the spot here. What's the median house price in Dalkeith? I
0: think it's now up to about 2.4. Am I right?
1: I think it's about right, yeah. (laughs) So with $2.4 million, Tony McNeely, what will you buy in Dalkeith?
0: If I wasn't looking for my dream home, if I had $2.4 million, I would be buying an an older character home on a good street, and I'd be land banking it.
1: What would that street be? Do you have a couple of examples? Oh my for god, us? I've got some
0: beautiful, favorite streets. I love Allenby. Allenby is one of my favorite streets ever in Delkeith. It's one back from Jutland Parade, and it sits right at the top of Point Resolution. There's 15 homes on it. I love Hines Road. It's one back from Victoria Avenue. It's a it's a road that curves, so it's got a beautiful granular feel to it. Not a dead straight road. Some of the blocks blocks are quite irregular in their in their size. It, it's got a lovely feel. I, I, I love Heinz Road. I love anything around the golf course. Vic Street. I mean, how many times can you sit on your home and look out to a golf course? So, I'd be trying to find, yeah. We'll something some great something examples. with an aspect.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there's enough streets because of the way that it was, so many it was set parks. up. There yeah, are so exactly. many streets. Even with little community parks, like in Cersei oh, Circle, the way right. they have built it, there are so many little parks there's there t- as well.
0: Brockman Avenue. Brockman Avenue. Little community park that services... 12 homes. Yeah,
1: I love it. Mm. Tony McNeely, thank you so much for coming in. It's been so fun to have you in for uh, one of Perth's most intriguing, valuable, affluent and livable suburbs. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!